Hello, my name is Christine Murray, Editor-in-Chief of The Developer, and welcome to The Developer Podcast, where we talk about how to design and develop cities worth living in, which often has to do with the spaces between the buildings, as much as the buildings themselves. Angus Todd, Chief Executive of Quintain, shows me around on a cold and windy day. The land around the stadium has already been transformed into a number of blocks of flats, and also um, some shopping venues. There's a London design outlet and there's also a box park. The idea is that while you used to come to Wembley Stadium and leave to go out before or after the concert right away, now you can come to an event and actually spend a little bit of time in the neighborhood. Not to mention that it's also becoming a place where people live. Um, a lot of these flats have already been let and more are under construction. So Angus is keen to tell me how this is becoming a neighborhood. There are a number of challenges in building a neighborhood that's only for people who rent. Renters are very transient and they tend to not put down deep roots. But Angus really wants them to, not only because it will reduce vacancy rates, but also because it'll make it a better place to live if people actually become neighbors. So the landscape strategy, if you can talk me through, how do the spaces work and connect, the kind of spaces between the buildings? Um, so this is what I would call semi-public or semi-private space. So it's not space that if you were coming to a football match or a gig, we wouldn't actively invite you to come into here. It's a place that has some climbing frames and a little playground down at the bottom there. Um, so it's definitely aimed at the residents within the buildings. Um, it's bitterly cold today, so, but it's sunny, so it looks nice, but there are not many people using it today. But certainly in the summer, uh, a lot of people would, would, would be out. Um, and as I say, mainly residents, maybe some workers from, from Brent Cross. Uh, sorry, from, not from Brent Cross, from the Brent Civic Centre. Um, so what we can see in front of us is um, a scruffy piece of um, earth, which is actually uh, in the process of being the dog walking, uh, the dog exercise area. So this uh, Lansby, our building here, um, is a pet friendly building. So you're allowed to have dogs subject to a check to make sure that they're uh, not, um, that they're, you know, they're acceptable dogs. Um, but you're allowed um, dogs in this building and this, this in front of us is going to be the, the dog exercise area. What's an acceptable dog? Uh, one that doesn't bite children. So um, you mentioned before there's the uh, there's the, almost the ceremonial walk from the station that goes up. That's exhibition, not exhibition. Olympic Way now, Way. yeah. Uh, and Wembley Way as was. And that's uh, the main through fare for the fans. Yeah. Really. So seventy percent of fans who come to, to to the stadium would would come up Olympic Way. And when there's not a game, this is kind of where you think people are, that's like their destination when they come off? Is that, is that the place that they're initially coming to? Yes, so, you know, when there's not, I mean... Is that you your know, front door? That's our front door, for sure. Um, and in two, it, it, it frankly was a pretty grotty piece of road. Um, but in 2016, we ran a, a competition, an architectural competition to, to redesign it, resurface it. Um, and Dixon Jones, uh, who did Exhibition Road, um, won that won that um, that contract. Um, 
and it's it's a project which is co-funded with Brent um, so so they're contributing to, to some of the costs um, and the culmination of that work is we very much hope the replacement of the pedway ramps um, with a set of steps a new so in effect a new front door for the stadium um, which we have planning permission for so we're now in uh, the lobby of uh, Block D, Lansby. Um, uh, so this is, this is the building that um, was handed over to us uh, earlier this month. Um, and outside here we have what's called Weaver Walk, um, which is, a, it, it's, it's effectively a retail retail street um, with neighborhood retail. So there's a, there's a um, dry cleaners going in up there. Uh, there's a yoga shop. Um, there's a bike store. Um, uh, there's a sort of grocery store. Um, so definitely neighborhood, neighborhood retail, which you know, aimed primarily at residents and, and, and um, you know, day-to-day convenience. So how do you find your tenants for retail? Do you pick them from surrounding community or did you just um, kind of open it well, up? Well, it's retail in the UK uh, today. Um, it's, it's a tough market. <laughs> so, um, you know, we have agents appointed, so they, they, they've done a good job. Um, we had pretty clear view on what sort of retailers we wanted. Um, and we have a pretty clear view across the site. So. In addition to the LDO, there's about 250,000 square feet of other retail, which is, is mainly in the ground floor, um, the, the ground floor of, of residential buildings. So, um, uh, you know, we, we had a clear idea of what we want in different parts of, of the site. Um, are you going to be as kind of engaged with the retailers as you are with the, the tenants? Is there a real desire for them? To well, also stay? Yeah, yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I mean, you know, we, we want all, all our tenants, commercial or, or residential, to, to stay, of course. How have the changes in retail, the tough market, I guess, this year in retail changed your approach? Um, I would say that we, um, you know, we have to work for all our, you know, work hard to, to attract our, our retail tenants. But I don't think we're, you know, I don't think that's a Wembley thing. I think that's just a market thing. You know, all, all businesses, are, are, they're worried about the retail market. They're worried about Brexit. They're worried about making big decisions to go into new, into new spaces. Um, I just think we've done, we've done pretty well. We've got a good, diverse retail lineup coming through now. Um, lots of lots of interest. You know, Box Park's been a big success, um, which 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 adds to footfall. Um. So we've just entered into apartment three hundred two. Nobody's home. I don't no know. one's home, though it looks like it. It's fully dressed. <laughs> there are even shoes in the and a mug in in in, in the out. bedrooms. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this is a this is a three bedroom flat um, with. So you can see views of the stadium. So these works down here, um, we have this thing called NVAC, which is like a giant vacuum cleaner uh, that sucks rubbish from across the site to one central 
collection point and hugely reduces the number of rubbish trucks that would move around the site. So where does the suction come from? It's in the in the building itself. You throw uh, your is it a yes, yeah. There's a, there's a sort of a valve, yeah, a chute where you put stuff where you put your stuff in, and it's all sucked down um, to um, a place beyond the centre there. And so it's all 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 compressed as it's sucked through, um, and then it's collected, you know, from one place rather than from multiple places. And you can imagine if you know seven or eight thousand. Um, uh, apartments and and you know 15 buildings you could have rubbish trucks trundling around all day every day so and, and it, it was a an investment that Quintain made um, some time ago and, and we've steadily expanded the network um, you can see the pipes down there actually um, we've steadily expanded the network to incorporate more you know more and more of the site and um, where did that technology has that been used somewhere else Swedish in the UK? Swedish or Danish, I can't remember which, a Scandinavian company anyway. Um, there is one other place in the UK that now, now uses it. So we have super fast, you know, some of the fastest internet connections in, in, um, in London here. Um, and again, that was an investment that Quintain made, um, frankly, before my time, um, but has been you know, a big attraction both for, for residents and for, for businesses. Uh, coming here. Um, we've done that with a company called Velocity One, uh, Irish company. Um, so um, there's capacity for, I'll get my numbers wrong. Uh, do you know what the number is? 100 gigabytes? We'll give you that number. <laughs> so what, what kind of um, demographic would you be classifying this flat in? I think this, this is a sharer or a family. But when we were talking about the way that different flats would be designed and, and how they evolve, you see here you've got all three bedrooms in a, in a row. You see? So it's probably more suited to a family than it is to sharers. So if you, if you design this for sharers, you would try and group the, 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 the bedrooms around the living area rather than in a row like this. Is storage a big thing in the PRS or is, would you say it's less or more than a... Yeah, no, no, storage is a, bit, is a big thing. Um, so we offer in flat storage, which is what we're looking at now. Um, but also um, these buildings have car parks and parts of the car parks are, are set aside for, for, for caged storage, you know, where you can keep your surfboards and your skis and your bikes and your uh, push chairs and, and all that sort of, sort of thing. Um, and so you would pay extra for that if you wanted downstairs storage. Well, one of the things that we think about is, you know, car use is steadily declining in London, and yet we've built these car parks in the basement of a lot of these buildings. So what good uses can we make of that space, um, you know, if car use continues to decline? Um, and one of those things is, is storage. Um, We've also had to, you know, make provision, obviously, for an, uh, for, for for a change from uh, petrol or diesel cars to electric cars. So that's probably stage one, and stage two maybe, you know, a a, a, com a complete um, uh, eradication of it won't be an eradication, but but no car ownership, um, and so 
you know, making sure that the buildings are set up to accommodate Uber or its equivalent, um, and in due course, maybe even driverless, driverless cars. In terms of the other big move, which is um, the number of deliveries for online yeah. shopping and groceries, yeah. has yeah. that been a big shift? Yeah, again, again in, um, in the basement or in the concierge areas, there's big areas now set aside for, for acceptance of those parcels. Uh, one of the things we've been, we've been thinking about is whether we should have a central point for parcel delivery across the whole site um, and are there you know, innovative ways of distributing those, car those parcels to their end user from a central site. Uh, we haven't actually got to a conclusion on that yet, but that's, that's definitely something we've, we've been thinking of. And your Waitrose delivery or your, your yeah, and, Tesco and, and, delivery. Yeah, you and know, having it a cold storage for, for, for that, yeah, you've got to accommodate all of that. Mm -hmm. It's tough, yeah. There's and a... it's all space that's, you know, the pure economics of it are that, you know, if you're going to provide that sort of space, you're taking it out of lettable space, you know, so you're, so you're reducing your lettable space within your, within your building. So it's a big deal. So it's a big deal, yeah, so you've got to get it right, and you've got to make it, you've got to make it, well, make it, you know, you've got to get the size right. And is that something the car park might be used for as yes, well? Yes, could be. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. For sure. For is sure. there a, there are a lot of social um, meetups and things? That, are you getting <laughs> yeah, into so, that as so well? So one of the th you know, what you'd really like to happen is for all that social stuff to be done by the tenants themselves, rather than for us to facilitate it. And at the moment, we're doing quite a lot of facilitation. So we run quiz nights. We run. Um, film nights, firework parties, um, cooking nights, um, those sorts of things. And it's fine, um, and we're very happy to do it, but definitely my aspiration is that that take, gets taken over by the tenants themselves and that you know, they, um, they organize themselves because I think ultimately you know, it's not a school. You know, we're not there to lay on activities. Um, that should be something that, that human beings can do on their own. Um, I mean, one of the things we've been, and I you know, almost feel we're behind some other, some other um, developments in this sense, but um, you know, we're working on a, an, a statewide app, um, a subset of which will be a TP app, um, which would allow you know, TP residents to form their own, or offer a, a place where TP residents could form their own book club, their own running club, their own cycling club, their own you know, cooking club, knitting club, whatever. Um, so I think it will come, and I think it will come as, as we just build population here, then um, I'm, I'm sure that will happen. Um, but people want things which are authentic. They don't, I don't think they really want to be, to be organized too much. Maybe that's just me. Well, you tell me. What are they saying? Do they say they like they like the well, idea? Well, they love they, they they love going to these events. So I suppose maybe I'm wrong, but they love going to these events. The the other nice thing, of course, about you know having the arena and the stadium here is that you know we're able to um, to, to give tickets to 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 residents and run little competitions or just give out tickets for um, for free to people, and people definitely like that. Um, so that works well. 
If you have, let's say, your, uh, your in-laws coming for the weekend, do you have guest flats? Um, we, we don't really at this point, but we were running some Airbnb flats direct ourselves. Um, so we stopped residents from doing Airbnb. And we had an experiment where we did it ourselves direct for a bit. I need to double check whether we still do that. And why stop the residents from? Because it's, it's um, it, you know, we had some bad experiences of people having parties and Airbnb residents having parties. How do you police that? Do you just check at the Airbnb site every once in a while? Yeah. yeah. In terms of the car ownership following, do you have car share programs on site? Do you see that happening? Or? Yeah, I see it happening. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. right, or do yeah. you think the move is that Uber will replace car share? I think share? it's just. I think it's. I think it's a steady, a steady progression. I think it. You know, it it goes from Uber and car clubs and Zipcar and that sort of thing. You know, electric cars. Um, I like to. You know, I think. Um, you know, driverless cars are, are not far off, and I think. You know, it really does. Really will change the way that that car parks are designed and provided for within these buildings. Car parks are hugely expensive, so it's, it's criminal to, to build them and not have them used. Um, are there later buildings where you've been tempted to take the car park out? Yeah. And have yeah. you? Have you done it? Um, we certainly, we, we haven't committed to taking them out yet. But, but you're looking. But, but we're looking, yeah. How do you stay on, on top of shifts like that when you have disruptive I think it's a challenge for it it's a challenge for any developer um, to, to keep trying to think ahead because you know you have, you have two two and a half year um, construction um, uh, run-ins for most of these buildings and you're trying to build you know it's just building stuff is really complicated and really difficult and and trying to um, you know predict what what people will want in over that time period is especially today is really tough so again, here you still have this. Yeah. So we're building on here. We'll go. We'll go up onto the ramps. car park. So, yeah. So our plan is to to get rid of to get rid of the pedway, get rid of the ramps, and replace them with some some steps, which would which would which would run up. There. And lifts or escalators yeah, or what? Lifts, you, yeah. Disabled lifts and everything within the actually within within the stadium itself. Does that work from a people moving perspective? Yeah. Yeah. yeah it does. And then what does that allow you to do? It just open, you'll see when we go around the corner, it then opens up this big um, square, this big plaza area um, in front of the Civic Centre um, and in front of the stadium. And you see that as being a kind of grand square? Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Let's go and have a look. Yes. It's a windy day. I always wonder when you're building towers, that's always a big question is, what do you do about the wind? Yeah. <laughs> What, what, when, when you live there or during the build process? Both. Well, the build process, there's a, there's a certain wind strength above which they can't use the cranes. I don't think, I think it'd be fine today. They're probably using the cranes today. Um, but, but actually, you make a good point, you know, as a resident. Um, so one of our planning obligations is to provide balconies for everyone, but if you live on floor 13, 15, floor 20, 
you know, are you really going to use your balcony that much in the UK? I don't think so. And it would, it would save us a hell of a lot of money if we didn't have to provide um, balconies for everyone. Has anyone, uh, would they accept, you know, a sh shared garden provision at lower level or is it really written in where everyone needs an policy, outdoor space? Policy, yeah. yeah. So we're now walking up the Pedway, the infamous Pedway in my view. So this is a, um, a legacy of the old stadium. Um, so when they built the new stadium, they, they kept this. And in your view, it's carving up the site. It kind of cuts right. Yeah, it's just ugly. It's ugly <laughs> and it carves up the sites. And there's nothing on it. There's nothing on it. The only good use we found for it is we, for the last two years, we've run this professional bike race here. It's one of the top races in the UK, professional cycling races. And so we used it for, for that. So good fun for cyclists. Good and fun for cyclists down. and scooting down. <laughs> but an eyesore and and the steps which will replace it will be a very elegant piece of, of, of place-making architecture. And is that part of the Dixon Jones design? That's part of it. It's the final piece of the Dixon Jones design, yeah. So yeah. it must be a little bit difficult to run the construction project and do things like demolish the Pedway with a giant stadium that needs to be accessed. Yeah, too right, too right. So how yeah. does that work? Yeah. With I mean, honestly, logistically, this is super complicated. Um, so without Spurs being here, uh, the stadium has 36, 37 events per year. Um, they need cl clear access on those days. So we have to make sure that all the works the Olympic way are, are covered over. Um, so if there's a game on Saturday, they'll spend most of Friday covering up the works that they've been doing, make it clear for Saturday and then they'll spend most of Monday uncovering the works that they covered over on Friday and starting again. Um, but, but generally you know, speaking this is, you know, if you think it's, it's, the development is probably the size of the Olympic Park just in terms of um, uh, well, construction, construction program. Olympic Park was a closed site um, um, whereas this is an open site, it's got cars and people moving through it the whole time. So this is kind of the gardens which we're looking at. Um, you can see it better from down here. Uh, this currently um, is the tallest building we have on site, uh, Block F, Canada Gardens. This is where, I, when I talked earlier about the podium, the one and a half acre podium garden, it's, it's, within, it's within this, this, this site um, and also um, straddling this road here, there's a, a, a seven acre public park. So a big new public park that you can see on the plan. Um, so the first buildings on site here will be delivered um, to TP for lease up at the back end of this, back end of this year. So soon. Um, so soon. You don't really, you need to come down a bit and get some, some sense for the scale of the, of the development. It's very big and you can kind of see how it goes back to its undeveloped as it around the edges where there's just kind of still nothing and then you have this yeah. um yeah these quite uh this 
quite high tower. That's yes. obviously a big change in character, and you do need the den density usually with the yeah. land value. And yeah, to, correct. But modulating that shift in scale, how do you how do you do that, and how do you feel about that? How does um, how does it work? Yeah. So to the east there, uh, where the digger is. That's mostly low-rise industrial land at the moment, though a number of developers have bought sites there, which they're now you know, developing for medium-rise housing. So the, the contrast won't be quite so great when those buildings are, are completed. But, but when we were earlier talking about the edges of the, of the scheme, um, the edges of our build, you know, that edge down the eastern side there is important and actually making sure that you know these lateral routes are you know there's traffic um reasonably busy traffic going along here at the moment but you know there, we have proper traffic calming measures to go in um, and particularly where the the park straddles the the road uh, in the middle there just where that that uh concrete truck is going past so you want to draw people in, so you want, yeah. and it, that and that sense of tall will step down a little bit on that. Yeah, it will step down a bit because it, it, it will progress down through the developments which are happening on the other side of Southway. Um, if we look in the opposite direction, it's actually much more important because that's where, you know, you've got mainly, at this point anyway, mainly industrial uses there. You've got mainly residential uses and... Um, uh, you know, this this is this is way into Wembley itself, um, in this direction, in the west on the western side. I mean, it feels it feels of one, although they are there are lots of different kinds of buildings around here. But it's, there's kind of a nice there's a nice mix of style. It doesn't feel it doesn't feel all brand new. No, no, and, and getting this mix of style and making sure that in a new development that you have buildings which look different, I think it's really important. Um, and, and, you know, if you're a, a, a potential resident, I'd really like you to say, well, I don't like that building, but I do like that one. I think it's important. So the United Students uh, accommodation, which is of course not yes, not, not us. yours, not us. Um, no. and the University of London, you you've got these students coming in here, and it seems to me your ad campaign is almost saying, "Stick around when you're a bit older." And yeah, no, no, that's definitely here. true. So we have four thousand students on site. Um, this building plus some other um, accommodation up above the the LDO. Um, yeah, we would love to to. to you know, keep students after they graduated. And you're getting some now from the outset. Presumably. Yeah, um, particularly foreign students, uh, for sure. We, um, we talked a little bit, uh, or we've, we've spoken before, about the term placemaking and how it's, it's, it's come to be somewhat uncomfortable or people aren't sure what it means anymore. Well, it's a word that I don't think anyone used five years ago. And now, you know, there's, there are whole conferences all about placemaking. Um, look, it, it is what it is. It, it's, you know, you are making a place, and I guess we are making a place here. Actually, we're not making a place. The place already existed. Um, but we're, we're having another go at, at, 
we're remaking the place. Um, and Brent Civic Centre. Brent Civic Centre, uh, which is a fantastic building. You know, it absolutely as a piece of civic architecture. It's as good as anything, I think. Uh, and Brent have been super supportive of us um, through, through this whole process. Um, we couldn't have asked for better partners than, than them. And what is their ambition? Uh, what's their ambition? Or well, I guess their main hope and concern. What are their... I, I think what they... You know what? What they want is is Brent as a whole to become a, you know, a bigger, stronger part of London, um, and they see Wembley Park as being a, you know, a, a key part of that. Um, Brent isn't just Wembley Park; it's you know, it's actually a big, it's a big borough. Um, so lots of other parts of, of of Brent with lots of different characteristics. It's ethnically the most diverse part of, of London. Um, you know, not particularly in economic terms, it would be at the bottom, at the bottom end. You know, they, they want, they want, they want, they want more, more business, more people. Um, they would like to, you know, they have a, a lot of drain of people of, 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 out of tertiary education leaving the borough, so they would like to, to hold people within the borough. But they're our planning authority and have been, you know, we couldn't have asked for more from them. So does TP expect to be owning these buildings forever? Uh, Quintain. So Quintain, Quintain, Quintain would own Sorry. them and then TP manage them. Yes. Uh, look, we, you know, definitely my view is that the estate has value as a whole and its value as a whole is more than the sum of the individual building parts. So our plan is to own the whole estate. Now, does that mean that we wouldn't sell, you know, a completed stabilized building, um, probably subject still to TP managing it? We might do, might do. But it's important from an estate management perspective, it's a huge advantage to us to own the whole own the whole estate. I mean, we, we've got the LDO here on the right. Um, because we own the LDO, we, when we're looking to lease other residential, uh, sorry, other retail units on site, we, um, we can sort of control both ends. We're not in competition with, with the LDO. We, you know, we, um, so you can make sure it's complimentary we to We make it. sure it's complimentary. And if we're going to cannibalize the LDO, at least we do it consciously rather than um, rather than unconsciously. And how about experimentation or or risk? Where are, is there a playfulness to your approach? Are there things you're trying? Uh, I hope so. <laughs> are there things you're nervous about? Or? I'm nervous the whole time. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I am nervous the whole time. I just, you know, this this thing it's going to be, you know, it'll be a very public failure or a very public success. Um, so how do you manage that uh, the decisions that are, you know, the, it is an unknown, things are changing quickly, there's an well, element you, of you, risk. You know, you're brave, you, you know, you, you have to be brave, you have to, um, you're always juggling, you know, economics with 
well with place you know th th there's a truth that that quite often the things that make a good place cost a lot of money and it's difficult to justify them in pure economic terms so take the steps for example the new steps um, you know they cost a lot of money to to uh, to put in and they're a nice piece of not more than nicer a great piece of of, of architecture that look very elegant um, but how can you how can you quantify the the value that they that they contribute to the scheme it's, re it's really difficult you, you know you know you know deep down that it's a good thing but if somebody says well how much do they earn you you can't answer it so where do you come back to in those arguments is there something is there it's you know, partly it's... That, that you look at it the other way around it's like okay how much per how much more per flat in rent can I perhaps earn? Or how many more, you know, how many more people will come to the site because of, because of that? Or dwell, because they can sit on the steps. Just on the steps, or, yeah, exactly. I can't be shown to have favorite buildings, probably like having favorite children, but, um, but these, this is Southwest Lands. Um, so this is very much a sort of loft style, um, or almost New York style flats. Um, so inside it's all polished concrete and exposed surface, surfaces, surfaces, sorry, in the ceilings. They'll look completely different to the flats that we're in. Um, and these were designed also by? No, these are not Flanagan Lawrence, these are PRP. And we're looking at them, they're brick, they're different bricks. Uh, they look very handsome, solid, a bit more, like you said, loft style. And why that approach over here? Um, it's a bit separate to to the rest of the to the rest of the scheme. Um, they have great views back into town, back into the centre of London from, from the other side. Um, we wanted something that was, was really different to the, to the rest of the, to the other buildings that we've built, been built to date. Um, it's perhaps a bit more of a, you know, a younger target market, a bit more, a bit less family, um, a bit more millennial. There's not a lot, I mean, you have some young trees here. A lot of young trees actually kind of birch. There's not a lot of big trees. Correct. Or um, is that because of what's happening under the ground here? Or do we have, do you have hopes that they'll grow? <laughs> I have, definitely have hopes that they'll grow and not die. Yeah. Actually on, on um, Olympic Way itself, um, we've actually won prizes for our tree planting, by the way. Um, but on Olympic Way itself, we have, well, I'll show you when we go down there, but we have new matched trees from all over the world that in summer especially will look, look spectacular. 
So we do actually work quite hard on our tree planting. It's hard. Sorry, Trees are hard. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, you know what? It's not. They're, these are pretty big, actually. And yeah. to be fair, it's winter, so they're not leafy. Yeah. So. Um, but it's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah, to get it big trees into yeah. a new development. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just for their root beds, but also you've got car parks, you've got a huge vacuuming service under there. Yeah. I mean, how do you, how, how do you approach landscape well, we, two we, when you're under construction? We have a whole, um, well, a number of landscape architects. We've been picking our trees from Holland, you know, going over to Holland and marking them and then, and then bringing them back. Um, where we've been, where we've been um, having to get rid of trees because of build works, we, we haven't been getting rid of them, we've actually been moving them to other places. The whole, the whole layout of the roads all comes from the, from the Empire Exhibition. And so, you know, you can imagine in the 1920s. Um, you, you mentioned there being um, a not insignificant amount of older um, people moving here. Was that anticipated or a surprise? Uh, somewhat of a surprise, yeah. yeah. I mean, look, the, 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 the standard um, thesis is that, you know, the people who rent are, are millennials and millennials and millennials and, um, and it's just not the case. I mean, it's, you know, we, we have, you know, a small but, but significant proportion of people who are over 60 um, who are moving here because they're downsizing or, or, or you know, and this real feeling I think, you know, because probably, let me get it right, you know, 60 is the new 40 and actually 60 year olds don't want to be um, locked away, don't necessarily want to be out in the country and, the, you know, they can live here and feel that they're in the thick of it, part of, you know, things which are properly happening. So we're standing in front of Dakota. Um, so these two buildings are the ones that I said were, were built for sale. Um, and on the left there, that ground floor area is, is uh, the sort of uh, work um, amenity space. And then the equivalent flat at the right hand end is more, it's got a pool table, it's where uh, kids come play on their Xboxes. Um, but I think these are nice buildings. You know, I'd like to think that in 60 years time, 70 years time, they would be seen like, like you know, mansion blocks are seen in, you know, parts of, Kensington, Chelsea. It's... When I look at what's changed, it looks to me like your windows got bigger in the newer buildings and so did your balconies. Is that true? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And I move away from brick, but is that in, inconsequential? That just, that's just design? Um, yeah, it's just design. Yeah, yeah. We also have these, you can see at ground floor here, these, um, these are artist studios, uh, which are managed by a group called Second Floor. Um, so we lease the space to second floor and second floor then procure the, the artists and designers. It's been a great success, you know, every, every few months they have an have a, um, open day and you can go and look around the studios, you can buy stuff. Um, there's a real shortage in London of, of artist studios and second floor were telling me the other day they've got a waiting list of 150 artists and designers wanting to come to Wembley. So did they approach you or did you have the um, intention to have Well, a... to be honest, we had an obligation. It was partly um, under our section 106. Um, and then we found, or second floor found us, or we found them, and um, they find the, the, the occupiers. Yeah. So I have one more question yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. When you went to America, 
to look at other models. Yes. What were the things you took back from the trip and which ones didn't apply to this market? <laughs> well, things like we, we went to see one uh, American operator, and I can't remember their name, and they had a special smell that they, that they, <laughs> they put out in each of their flats. We're never going to copy that. Each flat no, had sorry, its no, own. Each, each building. Oh, each building. Each building. But and, I did uh, notice there's music downstairs. Is that something you took from America? Did we, that... we didn't have music in there, did we? That I don't think so. one didn't have music. Some of the other ones did. That one did, in the didn't lobby. it? That yeah. one did. And... We came... yeah. 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 Is that? Yeah. Is that? Uh, is that something we took from America? Or is it just something that you do? Is I music important? Some, some... Yeah. Well, um, maybe we should have our own playlist. <laughs> the TP know. playlist. <laughs> so idea. you don't have a you we don't, don't have, have a TP it. playlist. No, we do not have it's a just TP playlist. Incidental. It's, yes, exactly. Exactly. What about but, kind but, of... But the dogs, the, the pet friendly, that, that, you know, it's quite rare in London uh, to be able to lease with your pet. Um, and that's something that we, um, we definitely saw in the US. And um, the dog park. So the dog park the dog came park, with it. Yeah. 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 What about, were you tempted to have some kind of childcare built in or things like that? Um, I mean, we do have, uh, you can't see it, but just up there, there's, there's lots of kids playgrounds around the place. Um, we, do we have a creche? We don't have, don't have a creche on site at this point. Um, we're building a new school, but we don't have a creche. And is it just a, is it a primary school? Uh, yeah, it's a primary school at the back. Yeah. And what were the other parts of the section 106? Um, low cost employment, health center, community center, uh, infrastructure opinion? works for sure. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, it was a big master plan. It's a big section 106 agreement. Do you think section 106 is working? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I don't have a problem with it at all. If you did have a wish for policy. I think, you know, the whole, how affordable housing is delivered is extremely, it results in big, big conflicts within London um, in that you know, private sector developers are responsible for providing, for, for, for effectively building the affordable. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it would be much better in my view if local authorities were empowered and financed to build affordable themselves directly. So effectively the state provides the affordable housing. I think that it creates too many conflicts um, with private sector developers being required to do it. And do you so, mind how that happens? Would you rather just be taxed and not have to build it? I just, yeah, I wouldn't mind paying the I wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't mind paying for it. I, I just, I just think it's, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's this conflict between um, private sector developers who, who are required by their economic model you know, to make as much money as possible and at the same time, um, it, you know, required to, you know, to provide the affordable housing, which is a drain on the economic model. So there's always this conflict between you know, the local authorities and the GLA asking for more affordable 
and, 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 and that's totally counter to the objective of the provider of the affordable housing. It just, it just doesn't... It just creates conflict. just conflicts conflict, whereas you can separate the two. And so just say build it. Build it, yeah. yeah. This podcast has been brought to you by The Developer. Produced by Simon Mercer. With music by Fortet. I'm Christine Murray, and you can reach me on Twitter at at TC Murray. For more podcasts, visit us at thedeveloper.live.